Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Demimond Paranormal Podcast. As usual, I'm Tori from Demimond Paranormal on Facebook.com. Demimond Paranormal is a private paranormal-based group that you can join. And what we are, we are just a group of people of 700 of us or so and we love all things paranormal that includes zombies witches vampires all all sorts of things you know all things paranormal that could be from bigfoot to aliens to hauntings and ghosts to the Loch Ness Monster. I mean, you got it. So, tonight, what we are going to be exploring is just a few places around upstate New York and one house in particular that is known as the Hinsdale House. And you may have heard of this house because it was the subject of a book called Echoes of a Haunting, written by Clara Miller in the year 2000. And it also was the subject for one of the episodes of A Haunting, which was filmed in 2006. Now, this house that we're going to be talking about is probably one of the most haunted places in New York. Now, in tonight's episode, we are going to be talking about places from all around the state of New York, but I didn't really include any places that are in New York City. These were places that are, you know, in Rochester or Hinsdale or all over the place in New York, aside for New York City. So, I think it'd be really interesting Um, what else did I want to mention in tonight's introduction? Oh, as well, I wanted to thank each and all of my listeners from all around the United States of America to all around the world. I mean, we've got listeners from Italy and the United Kingdom in India to Thailand. Well, I don't think we're actually in Thailand yet, but I know we do have maybe a couple listeners in Japan, in Sweden, Germany, all around the place. So I just want to thank all of our listeners from all around the globe to thank you for tuning in to Demimont Paranormal Podcast each and every week. But also, just one more thing before we get into tonight's episode. I just want to mention that tonight's episode will be the last episode of Season 3. So what that means is, is that we're going to take a short break after the release of this episode. And we'll be back at about maybe next Friday, not this coming Friday, but the Friday after that. Or maybe in about two weeks, we'll be we'll be back with some fresher content. In maybe this season will be even scarier than the last. Who knows? 
So, without any further ado, let's dive right into the grand finale of Season 3 by Demi Mond Paranormal. So how are you guys enjoying the new orchestral music for Demi Mond Paranormal Podcast as background music? Do you like it or do you think it's not fitting for the subject of Demi Mond Paranormal? I wasn't sure. But you know, I think it gives a kind of a classy vibe. <laughs> anyway, before we get started in tonight's episode, I just want kind of wanted to, you know, do a little chat with y'all and tell you guys that how about right before I was finishing my research for tonight's episode, I thought it'd be nice to walk down to the store and buy some new candles to burn during my, you know, recording session of tonight's episode. One of these candles is salted caramel. And the other one is called Blue Lagoon. And it smells really quite delicious. Oh my god, I was so excited to burn these two. And I thought, you know what? I need some new candles to burn during these recording sessions. And since it's summer now, and, you know, I burn candles all year round. So I thought to myself, you know what? I need some new summer candles. And I was just, it just brought me such excitement. To bring new ones to burn. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. But yeah. And also. I went out and picked fresh flowers. These little purple flowers. Called. Summer Violet. And they smell so great. I mean they are so fragrant. They're my favorite type of wildflower. They're so pretty too. They come in like purple and light purple. Sometimes they're pink. And then other times they're speckled with purple and white. My favorite type of wildflower, honestly. So, without all that jibber-jabber, let's get into these spooky times, shall we? So, I thought we'd start off with the actual haunting of the Hinsdale House. Now, the Hinsdale House is also called the Dandy House. So, the house is located on McMahon Road, 3830 McMahon Road in Hinsdale, New York. In the early 1970s, a married couple, Clara and Phil Dandy, lived in what is to be known as the Hinsdale House, one of the most haunted houses in western New York, as we previously mentioned. It has its own legendary hanging tree. In its own legendary 
hanging tree. And also not to mention a pond that has taken at least one person's life. Also, even more sinister, not to mention the hills which are located behind the house. The hills on the land of the Hinsdale house holds the graves of countless souls. Countless bodies are buried in these hills. This was a house that was indeed so haunted that when the Dandy family called in Father Alphonsus from St. Bonaventure's University to perform an exorcism, a structural exorcism, the house started shaking and it made a noise like a crying noise. Then it made a screaming noise that seemed to emanate from the windows. Needless to say, that exorcism did not work. According to the house's current owner, Dan Clays, who was the founder of, or he was the co-founder of the Greater Western New York Paranormal Society. Now, Dan believes that the house, the paranormal activity in the house started all the way back in 1799. Also, it said that an Indian massacre happened on the land that the house sits on as well. Mary Ball, who was a woman who came to the house, and she ran many tours to the public. Now, she had experienced paranormal activity, and so did her handicapped son. Her son was sitting on a bed in one of the rooms of the house. And he didn't know any of the stories of the house. He knew the house was haunted, but he wasn't actually aware of any of the actual, you know, stories surrounding the house itself. But one day, or one night, he was sitting on a bed in one of the rooms, and he looked out of the window, and he saw his dad standing by the fire, a bonfire, Then he looked to his mother and he asked, Who's that angry Indian staring at daddy? He asked her. So obviously, the boy saw an apparition of a Native American man, a very disgruntled, angry Native American man staring at his father. Now, in addition to creepy apparitions, There are stories of two brothers that lived back in the day that used to live in a house and they would kill the occupants. They would rob passing stagecoaches and they would kill all of the occupants inside the stagecoaches and they buried the bodies of the victims. Some of the bodies were buried in the hills behind the house but some of them were buried in the cellar of the house. The Dandy family considered, oh, sorry, the Dandy family consisted of Clara, who was at the time of the hauntings. She was 37. Her husband, Phil, was 39. And their children that lived with them, who was Mike, who was age 17, 
Beth was 16, Laura was 12, and Mary, the baby of the family, was only 11. Now, according to Clara, and she used to be Clara Dandy before her and Phil got a divorce, whether you call her Clara Dandy or Clara Miller, according to Clara, she saw a young woman with dark hair walking around the home, and she also heard phantom choir music being sung in the woods surrounding the house. Now, Randy Carr was a friend of Mike Dandy. He would frequently stay at the house overnight. He was nicknamed the Ghost Chaser because when he would come over to the house, paranormal activity dropped dramatically. Randy said, when I went to the house, everything would stop. There'd be small things happening, but when I'd went to the house, they'd stop. He does recall going to a specific bedroom in the middle of August and actually being able to see his breath. It was so cold in that room. Another incident that Randy Carr recalls is when he and Mike got into a car to chase away what they thought were onlookers or, you know, children messing around on their property, you know, peeping around, looking in windows, that type of thing. When they got into a car to chase around, to chase away those said children or onlookers, they drove, they drove down the street, but when they came back, they found no children, but they did find something strange. When they were going to make their way back to the house, Randy saw indentations in the seat of the car as if somebody was sitting there but there was nobody there also reported at the Hinsdale house is full-bodied apparitions unexplained noises and unexplained sense as well also movement of objects when the paranormal events became so unbearable, the D&D family reached out. They opted to publish an article about their experiences to the Oling Times Herald to try to learn more about the history of the house. However, the family was faced with ridicule and backlash instead. The family did ask for a blessing from Farber Traveled, in famous psychic Alec Tanos came with Father Troubled to read the energy of the house, and he claimed, Alex claimed, that there were seven murders in the house. Later, later on, Alex Tanos returned to the house with students probably from the Beneventure University. He returned with students and attempted to cleanse the house along with Father Troubled, which did not work, and that led to the family leaving the house and to sell it to new owners.
It's actually a misconception that Father Traveled performed an exorcism when he actually only performed a cleansing on the house in 1974. Also, the famous hanging tree, which was or is near the dandy house, it's a misconception that it was used to hang a pregnant woman named Elizabeth. Now, some people may have some documentation that there was a woman named Elizabeth on the property, but there is no actual evidence that the hanging incident was true. The latest apparent misconception about the house and the property regarding the house is that a young boy was killed in a buzzsaw accident on the property. But the boy was actually killed on a farm nearby and not actually on the Hinsdale House property. The boy who was killed was actually laid to rest in Cuba, New York. According to the research done by Nicholas Cassidy, the house was not built on an Indian burial ground or mound. Now, years passed by, and the house was owned by a few families, many of them not staying long. This is where Dan Clace comes in to play. He repaired the home to a functional condition, and today he allows paranormal teams to investigate the property in hopes to discover the truth behind the haunting. Alright, so welcome everybody to our second segment of tonight's episode. So, before we get into locations, spooky little locations all around upstate New York, I want to tell you guys about a case that Father Alphonsus from the Hinsdale House case was involved with. Now, this is this case is based in Olene, New York, and it has to do with a young woman who thought she sold her soul to the devil. Or, in this case, maybe she really even did. It actually pretty much seems like she actually did. Now... Before I begin, I just want to mention one thing. Why would you want to sell yourself to the devil? 
I mean, in this case, the young lady said that she wanted to extract revenge on a family member. But doesn't she know that there's nothing for free when you're working with the devil? It always, it's always gonna bite you in the ass. I'm sorry. In the worst way. Anyway, just why? That's my thing. Anyway, let me tell you guys the story. So, remember Father Alphonsus from the Dandy House? Well, once he was called to see a young woman who was in her night, her 20s, who claimed that she sold herself to the devil. The moment he had laid eyes on her, he felt the presence of evil. He saw it in her eyes, which he could not even begin to describe what he actually saw. She told Father Alphonsus that she wanted to she wanted to take revenge on a family member, and she had turned to the devil and worshipped the devil for two years to extract this revenge. Father Alphonsus tried to calm her down and reassure her that she had the love of God within her. But about after an hour of that, of trying to calm her down, the woman told Father Alphonsus, He's laughing at you. Then Father Alphonsus immediately sprinkled holy water over her and commanded that the demon leave the woman's body. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Blessed Trinity, St. Michael, Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception, repeating this command, the woman began hissing, I mean, she began pressing her body up against the back of a chair that she was sitting on, as if to get away from Father Alphonsus. The woman then, then fell to the floor and began crawling around the room. Father Alphonsus followed her, repeating the command, and after about a half an hour, she relaxed. She stood up and told Father Alphonsus that for the first time in years, she felt happy. So now, I'm going to take you guys to a little cemetery in Frewsburg, New York. Now, this is Guernsey Hollow Cemetery. Now, this cemetery is very, very old, with its headstones dating back to the early 1800s. So it should be no shocker that some of these graves, or most of these graves, are the graves of children. Because as we know, back in those days, children children did, had a very high fatality rate. 
right, excuse me. But one child that is interred there is not only interred in the cemetery, she also died in that cemetery. The young child was a seven-year-old girl who had mental re retardation. It has been lost to the ages that there were some if there was some type of infraction that the child had made or she was killed due to her condition, her mental condition, and she was not very well understood. You know, back in those days, mental illness was not an understood thing. And sadly, the child was stoned to death after being chased into Guernsey Hollow Cemetery by a, a gang of locals. Can you believe that a seven-year-old girl was stoned to death in a cemetery just because she was born she was born retarded? That's a shame. So as we said before. That little girl was buried in the cemetery where she met her demise, but since then, the ghost of the little girl, which I don't have a name for her, is said to terrorize any late-night visitors that come to the cemetery, but she is not alone, aside from the spirit of that child. People have also claimed to see a boy patrolling the cemetery grounds and also a lady in white. The boy patrolling the grounds is said to follow visitors out to the main entrance, but then he disappears. Also, there is another lady, an elderly woman who is said to glare at people while standing on the outskirts of the cemetery. People also hear otherworldly moaning they see orbs and apparitions. They also experience electronic malfunctions with flashlights and cameras. They just stop working. Some even say that their cars will stop working. They'll break down and shut off when they even approach the burial ground. So now I'm going to take you guys to another cemetery, and if you're like me, you love cemeteries. I mean, I think they're full of history, I, I think they're full of history, and I think they're really quite fascinating, and, all the, and peaceful, and sometimes even 
pretty if you will. <laughs> a lot of people may not understand that, but I mean, I found other people who do. But if you guys don't, that's fine too. But anyway, I'm going to take you guys to another cemetery hill in Rochester, New York. Now, this was created in 1838. This is the Mount Hope Cemetery in Rochester, New York. Now, it was created in 1838, as we said, after a disease wiped out many lives in the area. It was one of the first municipal cemeteries. It is very, very rich in history, and it holds the grave of Susan B. Anthony. Now, before this patch of land became a cemetery, the Native Americans that inhabited the land before the rest of the settlers came, they could not build anything on this stretch of land. Strange lights would travel around the land that appeared both in the daylight and the nighttime, and others would experience hearing upsetting cries of pain coming from all over the land as well. In today's age, people have seen orbs and figures in photos. A section of the cemetery is referred to as the Devil's Bowl, where groups of people would, gra- would gather to perform satanic rituals in the graveyard. Many people believe that these rituals brought evil spirits to Mount Hope Cemetery. Now, our next place is a hotel, the Sagamore Resort in Bolton Landing, New York. Now, this is a grandiose, gorgeous 19th century hotel that is located on a private island overlooking Lake George. And you can rent a room for about 282-600 bucks a night. Most Ghost sightings are confined to the hotel's kitchen, but the most well-known ghost plays outside. About 73 years ago, a boy was killed while playing outside. Actually, he would sell golf balls to the pros. And while doing so, while out searching, you know, for a customer, he was hit by a car and he, and he was killed. But legend has it that if you listen closely, you just might be able to hear his ghostly giggling, maybe just right behind you.
Now I take you guys to Middleburg, New York, and this is the Dr. Best House and Medical Museum. Here, operations and procedures such as bloodletting and electric shock therapy were carried out in this house. In this 1920s Victorian, Victorian style home, turned medical office, or actually it was a home and an office at the same time that Dr. Best was working out of it. But in today's age, it's now a museum where you can take a peep at preserved items, including Dr. Best's medical potions and his equipment. Now some of his potions to treat illnesses and ailments included such things as hemlock oil, Calamon powder and digitalis. Also, during various times of the year, you could attend a special paranormal program to hunt ghosts. Also, I did also read that the doctor did die in a house as well. So, you might just meet the ghosts of Dr. Best himself and some of his former patients as well. So how many of you guys have ever thought that a chocolate factory could be haunted? Well, that's, that is just the case with Bark Eater Chocolates in North Creek, New York. Now, the Bark Eater Chocolates building was built in 1880, and it, it is apparently a hot spot for paranormal activity. Some of the unexplained activity includes hearing footsteps and disembodied voices. The employees have named one of the ghosts, or the ghost, Miranda, who seems to like the room that she's in. She's, she seems to like it very hot. 85 degrees hot. She likes to turn the thermostat up to 85 degrees. She's done this so many times that the employees have actually taped the thermostat dial so it can no longer be, be turned to 85 degrees. I mean, could you imagine having a being in a chocolate factory and you have a boiling hot room? What would that do to the chocolate? <laughs> now, Tours are available by special appointment, or they are available at fall events. So they acknowledge that they have ghosts at Bark Eater Chocolates.
So, our next location is Luden Cottage in Ludensville, New York. Now, this cottage was a summer home for Clara Harris. Now, Clara Harris was the woman who was sitting next to Abraham Lincoln when he was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth. Some of Abraham's blood stained her white satin dress that she was wearing that fateful night. But... She kept that dress, and she stored it in a closet. One day, she, she saw the spirit of Abraham Lincoln sitting in a rocking chair, staring at the blood-stained dress in the closet. To this day, the closet has been boarded up. It's been bricked up. But the strange thing is, that reports indicate that they are there there has been disembodied sounds of gunshots and also the sighting of a blood-soaked young woman accompanied by Abraham Lincoln himself the cottage is currently not open to the public although i did read that they used to you know give some tours of the cottage, but recently it's closed to the public. So, Bull's Head Inn in Cobbleskill, New York, is our next location. Now, Bull's Head Inn was built in 1802, and it didn't have any paranormal activity until the 1960s when a bar was added. Now, this is said to have stirred up the spirit of an anti-alcohol advocate by the name of John Stacy. The ghost of John Stacy is said to knock over silverware and glasses. He knocks them off tables, you know. And also both visitors and investigators have seen an apparition of a figure in a long white dress. And a top of hearing doors slam. There's also communication going on through flickering lights. Now, Fort Ontario Historic Site in Oswego, New York, is also called the Guardian of the Northern Frontier. It was a fortress for the U.S. military for many centuries. Today, the fort holds a ghost hunt there every year in mid-October. It was featured on an episode of Ghost Hunters, 
Some of the spooky activity includes strange music and lights and a woman, an apparition of a woman in the window. There is also the voice of a child calling to his cat. Otisica Resort Hotel in Copperstown, New York. This hotel is said to be, it used to be the Knox School for Girls from 1920 to 1954. The building itself is more than a century years old, and stories have been told of ghostly children playing and giggling is heard. Also, people's name, names have been called out especially in rooms 307 and 585. Ghost hunters have paid a visit to this location as well. They confirmed that there are friendly spirits that exist there. Now think about Casper the Friendly Ghost, only think Casper as a female ghost. The Farnham Mansion in Oneida, Oneida, New York. Now, this 19th century mansion had eight people who had lost their lives in the former inn. Now, people who have visited this mansion said that they have seen these spirits of both animals and humans. They have also heard ghostly voices, or they have seen objects move on their own. The owners of the house hosted tours of their home once it was investigated by the New York Shadow Chasers in 2011. Our next location is in Geneva, New York. Now this is the Bellhurst Castle and loads of ghost stories surround the Geneva Castle. One including an opera singer by the name of Isabella who had died in a secret tunnel collapse. And another ghost that is one of a former caretaker who wanders the stairs or he likes to sit in his favorite chair. He's been seen sitting in his favorite chair or wandering the stairs 45 years after his death. Could you guys imagine that? Staff and guests have reported showers turning on and off, bottles and glasses flying off the tables, and even tablecloths being tied to the chandeliers. Also, it has been reported that the sound of crying children can be heard around pregnant visitors.
And our last place for tonight's episode is Fainting Goat Island Inn in Nichols, New York. Now, Fainting Goat Island Inn was built in the late 1800s. It's haunted by a variety of spirits, including a vision of two women having tea in the fainting room. Footsteps can be heard on a staircase that no longer exists. There is also the ghost of a little boy moving a chair and spilling gumballs all over the floor. Now, tours are available through appointment, special appointment, and if you're brave enough, you can even book an overnight stay at the Fainting Goat Island Inn and see for yourself if there really is the ghost of a little boy dropping gumballs all over the floor and if there's a pair of ladies having tea well after they have already died. I want to thank you guys so, so much for joining me on tonight's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. That's about it for tonight. I hope you guys found those locations and those stories at least spooky and interesting. And you learned something new. Hopefully. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe you didn't learn anything new. But hopefully you enjoyed the content. <laughs> As always, I'm Tori from Demimond Paranormal. And if you decide to join us on our little group on Facebook.com, we're a little private group. All you gotta do is search us in the search bar. It's the same name, same way spelled here. Just search us and you'll find us. Just answer one quick little question upon entering and we'll be glad to allow you into our little paranormal family.
With that being said, I just want to thank you guys so, so much from all around the world and from all around the United States, especially, for joining me and listening to me ramble each and every week about the paranormal, about ghosts, about witches, vampires. You get the idea. So, with that being said, I'll see you guys in the near future with the brand new season of season, season 4 of Demimond Paranormal. But until then, make good choices, stay safe, be kind to one another, and I will see you soon. And as always, stay spooky.